Uh, just want to ask you a question. Question. Okay? A question. Turn with me to Proverbs. Verse 5 of chapter 3, what does it say? Trust with all your heart. In all thy ways, and he shall... Uh, and you can come across a lot of people, uh, and I want to spend... Uh, some time just dealing with a, a, a question which is uh, what is blind faith which is useless and true faith which is real uh, okay you say trust God with all your heart if you trust God with all your heart that isn't faith because there's a lot of people that say, oh, trust God. Oh, just trust the Lord. He'll see it's okay. That's blind faith. That isn't biblical faith, it's blind faith. It's called fatalism. And there's a lot of people who live in superstition and fatalism. In other words, they're trusting God. But the problem is that you're taking something out of context. You see, just trusting God. There's a lot of people that trust in a lot of things, but that doesn't make faith. Faith is something different. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. Now, you can go that far... And still you won't be in faith. You'll be in delusion. And there's a lot of people living in delusion. Well, you know, just trust the Lord. He'll see it's okay. Well, I've got news for you. He won't. You see, the most important thing is he shall Direct thy paths. You see, without God's direction, you're on a suicidal course. It's just make-believe faith. You say, well, I, I'm believing in the right God. Yeah, but you see, we've come to do the will of the Father. And faith cometh by hearing. Let, let's take an example Go with me to Genesis chapter 12. Okay. I, I want you to understand. I, I'm always worried. People, people can come and they can make great uh, declarations of faith. What happens is their faith isn't faith at all. It's deception. What happens if their trust is misplaced. You say, well, you're trusting God. Yeah, but I can trust God and everything can go wrong. You can trust God and everything goes wrong because you've forgotten the principle. 
The principle is this, he shall direct your paths. And if God's not directing your paths, it's a futile trust. If you haven't got obedience and submission to Christ, it's futile. I want to do his will, but I better find out what his will is. Okay, let's look. There was a man of faith, and Abram's the father of the faithful. And I want you all to listen hard. Wake up. Okay? You know, I, I, what I hate is kind of the thing, God gave me common sense. I find a lot of people take leave of their senses when it comes to faith. God didn't intend me to be some crazy person with a hyper-emotional state running after false ideas. God intended me to use my brain. He didn't give me a brain to kind of abandon when faith comes. Now let me explain something very important. Okay, here's Abraham. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out from thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. Now, the walk of faith and Abraham's the father of the faithful began with what? What did it begin with? No, it didn't begin with obedience. What did it begin with? Come on. What? God's direction. Hey, without God's direction, how can you obey? Uh-oh. I mean, if God doesn't say anything, how are you going to obey him? So God said to Abraham, I, I've got instructions for you. You're going to get out. All right? Now he says you're going to get out of your father's house. You're going to go. And there's an instruction. And God commands. And he gives clear command. And he says to Abraham, now I'm going to bless you. Everyone wants blessing from God. Problem is, hey, if you don't hear from God and know it's God who's spoken it, you're in trouble when you do something Believing you're trusting in God. Abraham didn't make up the idea. God spoke to him and told him what to do. The originator of faith is God. Blind faith is that which originates in you. Well, I'm just going to trust God. You know, uh, I, I don't know what to do, but I'll trust God. Trust God anyway. God loves you. Wonderful lie of the devil that is demonic faith <coughs> demonic faith is faith that rests on what you think 
with no validation by God speaking. If God hasn't spoken, you're a fool if you rely on it. It's not faith at all. There's a lot of people, oh well, I believe God will do this, I believe God will do that. Well, what's God said? Hath God spoken? God raised up Ezekiel and he said, hey, I want you to tell something to these lying prophets. Tell them this. You have made my heart sad by promising people life when there is no life. Woe unto you, pastors. Woe unto you, prophets. You promise something you can't deliver. I never said it. That's dangerous. If you live in that kind of realm, you live in demonic realm. <laughs> it's the Word of God that's a lamp to my feet. It's not blind faith. I find so many people are living with blind faith. If someone counsels you and says, oh, just trust the Lord, don't you ever listen to them. It's a lie. What is God saying? I want to know what God says. Hello? You know, I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want, now it proceeds out of his mouth. Not some concocted idea. So there's a lot of people living with the wrong faith. That's frightening. If you live with the wrong faith, you end up going wrong. I'll never make a decision if God doesn't speak. I'd rather make no decision than make a decision which is folly. Now, it doesn't mean that I abandon making any decision. It means that I, I, I just get smart. God always speaks, if you can hear his voice. But blind faith is a faith that believes without basis. If you go out not knowing where you're going in a life of faith, I'll tell you what you're doing. You're committing suicide. Abraham went out not knowing whither he went because God said go. <laughs> That's different. God tells you to do something. You don't have to know where you're going to end up. You just have to know that God said go. That's all. But I tell you, if you go and you haven't got God's word, you're in trouble. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And a lot of people, that's how they live. They live without God. What does God say? What has God spoken? Hey, what does God want? I always want to know what God wants. See, you can run after all sorts of things. What if God doesn't want it? God didn't say go. 
but I went. You went on your own because God didn't go with you because God never said go. Hey, Abraham, you got in trouble. You, you missed the whole point of it. Hmm? Are you understanding what I'm saying? There's a difference between blind faith. Now, Lot went with, with Abraham. You remember Lot means the, the word in the Hebrew, it, it's concealed or dark. Uh, and Lot went with Abraham. He hadn't got a call to go. In fact, God has specifically said, get out of your father's house, your kindred, your nation. And Lot was related and Lot came along. Uh-uh. Trouble. Now there was a division came. Lot ended up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Wasn't a good place to end up. Why did Lot end up in Sodom and Gomorrah? I'll tell you why. Because he set his face towards the plains. His direction wasn't the direction of Abraham because he'd never heard from God. And yet he went with him and for a time he lived under Abram's light. And it seemed that the blessing of God which came on Abraham came on him. And there's a lot of people living under someone's light. It seems all right, but if the call of God isn't there, and God hasn't spoken the faith is false. You've got to have the reality. Ah, well, you know, I believe God. Yeah. That's fine. I believe God. For what? so easy to leave what God says and end up in false faith. A lot of people I meet, they've had a, an experience of God and forgotten that having an experience of God is the beginning. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost is the beginning. Being healed is the beginning. Being met by God is the beginning. But you better hear from God if you're going to live the life of God. You better know what God has told you to do. Otherwise, your faith is not faith at all. It's superstition. Well, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a Christian. I, I, I live a Christian way. Yeah, well, you're religious. You're not Christian. A Christian hears Christ. What did God say? Well, God never told me to have blind trust. Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said... Hearing you don't hear, seeing you don't see. You should see, but you don't. You should hear, but you don't. Terrible place to be in, isn't it? Yea, what hath God said? Oh, well. And then they try and validate what they're doing. Well, well God spoke to me. Did he? Well, God said, did he? Well, I feel. Do you? You know, my life is based on one thing. God spoke to me. 
church is born miracles happen out of one thing God speaks you see the Bible is only a collection of stories about God speaking the Holy Ghost inspired men of old to write but you'll find if you look in Acts of the Apostles it, it is actually just talking about what happened but what it is not doing is really any more than give a history that's what happened but you see they heard heard from God they were followers of the Lamb you know Jesus taught his disciples well what they did they obeyed what they'd heard one thing they didn't do they didn't have blind faith. Blind faith looks for Christianity as a method of getting blessing and it's like superstition. When I was a young man, I found, I went to a public school, people, if they spilt salt, threw some over their shoulder. I could never understand why that would bring luck. People think if they smash a mirror then it's seven years bad luck huh don't they you know there's some people if two disasters happen they're waiting for the third because things come in threes they really do uh, I mean it's just part of life there's, there's a lot of people who are superstitious aren't there hmm well it's equally as stupid to say, oh, I just trust God. He's going to bless me. Blind faith. That's not faith because God spoke it. It's, it's blind faith. And we need to beware that we don't get into this attitude of blind faith. Well, I'm a Christian, I go, I sing hymns, I believe God will bless me, I believe God will multiply everything, I believe God will bless the work of my hands, I believe, I believe, I believe. But what has God said? And then they look for a proof text out of the Bible to support. But Abraham didn't have a Bible with proof text, he had a word that God spoke to him. So I want to talk about real faith and the false thing. It, it's easy to believe if you've heard. Hello? But it's not easy if you haven't, is it? You know, it, 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 it's easy to say, well, the Bible says. The Bible says a lot of things. But does it work? No, not if God hadn't spoken it. Let's take our Bibles. Uh, if, if Abraham had never heard the call and hadn't gone, we wouldn't have a, an example of faith, would we? He's the father and the faithful. So we, we uh, and we're the seed of Abraham. So we've always got to look. Uh, lots of people say they believe. 
A lot of people followed Jesus. While he was alive, they liked the miracles. He said, you follow me for the food. Loaves and fishes. You follow me for this, you follow me for that. There a lot of people will follow someone for benefits. But hearing him is a different thing. And it, the issue really is this. Is your faith true faith or is it a mirage? One of the things that happens in um, a lot of places is people say, well, you know, I, I believe God. I, I, I really believe God and I trust God. How many times have I had someone come to me who's got cancer and they say to me, well, I'm not going to have an operation. I'm not going to have chemotherapy. I'm trusting God. I say, you're a fool. And they say, why? I say, if God hasn't spoken to you, you get the best medical attention you can get. You fight cancer with everything. Why? Because I believe medicine is a gift from God. Now, thank God, God will intervene and do miracles. I've seen him do many miracles. <laughs> But what I do know, too, is that unless God speaks, you're in trouble if you have a faith that relies on it without God really speaking it to you. The many lepers in Israel, many, said Jesus. Remember, we looked at it the other week. I said, many people had leprosy, but there was only one person that was healed, Naaman. And he was a Syrian. Why didn't God heal all the lepers? Got the power to do it. He just chose one. Left the rest. That made him mad. You remember the story comes just after Jesus said, I'm anointed to heal the sick, deliver the captive. That's what I'm anointed to do. And then he starts telling them the story. He said, well, don't you remember and of prophets, you know how it was. You see, Elijah was only sent to one widow woman. Everyone else was starving. God provided for her right in the middle of everyone else. Now they all believed in God. But there was a choice made of one person. And God is choosing. Supposing you want God to do for you what he hasn't chosen you to do. I meet a lot of people that want their ambitions, want things. They're driven by their ambition. But I'll tell you this, your ambition will never make you what God doesn't intend you to be. The only thing that makes you what God intends you to be is when God speaks. Let there be light and there was light. You know what I find is the resentment that comes in people's hearts when they can't have their heart's desire. They resent God or they resent God's ministers because they haven't got what they want. Well, let me tell you something. I can't give you what God's not giving you because I haven't got anything to give. 
When Peter looked at the cripple, he said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give you. Get up. Now, how did he know that? Because he saw what the father was doing and he had the authority then to give it. But the only way you get the authority to give something is when God's spoken. And when you see it. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. What I hear the Father say, that's what I say. In other words, he was limited. And that was God in Jesus Christ manifest saying, I can't do anything of myself. I'm not independent. And I meet many Christians who are independent enough to believe they can take a scripture or take a promise and, and God's going to bless them if they trust him. And they're running their own way. False faith. Many shall say in that day, Lord, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I healed the sick in your name. I did many wonderful works in your name. And God's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. But just a minute, they did wonderful things. They healed the sick, they delivered the captive. They did all the right things. And he says, I want you to depart. And the word in the Greek there is, I did it through your name. And you can do a lot through Jesus' name. It's a principle. The problem is they didn't do it in his nature. Because you see, if God doesn't want to do it, and you start doing it, you're working iniquity. If you take advantage of a principle, and you take advantage of God, I'll tell you what, that's a work of iniquity. God said that's wrong. Blind faith might work, but watch out for the source from whence it works. Because blind faith and actually, actually is a work of iniquity, not a work of life. And iniquity is rebellion against God. So some people are doing the right things and they're committing iniquity. And you say, well, you know, isn't it wonderful healing the sick? And God says, no, it's a work of iniquity. And if you look in Matthew, you discover that it was those who did not the will of my Father. You see, the qualification is, what does God want? It's not whether it's right or whether it's wrong. It's whether it's God's will. What does God want? And so we've always got to come back to the challenge of the will of God. It's not I decide. It's God decides. You know, Christianity is about submission. It means I let God have the say in my life. Hey, God has got to make the choices. Do you know why families go wrong? Families go wrong when they let their kids make decisions. 
They let their children grow up making decisions which they're not mature enough to make, which they have no experience in life to make, and they let them make decisions, and they get manipulated by their kids. Why? Because you've let them make a decision, and they've learned to have an independent will, and their will dominates the home and the family. Boy, is that terrible. Because when they grow up, they can never learn to do as they're told. They've asserted their will in life and they're going to have their way. And when God intervenes in the life, unfortunately, the discipline they should have learned, they never learn. Worries me when I see kids, they're more interested in their appearance than they are in getting dirty. What's wrong with children today? You know? Uh, and the whole attitude of life. Children aren't just allowed to be children anymore. That's frightening. They want to make them into young adults. And people learn. And do you know the habits of life? The habits say, take music. You can listen to the wrong music. And it'll destroy your life. Why? Because there's a spirit in it. You can watch the wrong television programs till it becomes a fixation. You can get an acquired taste for anything. And if you get a taste, it becomes a drive. And the drive becomes a dominant force. And the dominant force becomes a bondage. And the bondage becomes destruction. comes an idol and you have to watch out for the word of God stands sure a lot of people like to go out and talk to other people about the things of God fine go and talk but what have you got to say what have you heard did God send you Are you talking to the right person? Have you ever wondered why Jesus, when, when there were all those sick people round a pool, do you remember the pool? There they were, all these sick people, and Jesus went to one person. He was a cripple. He said, hey, there, there's a miracle waiting for you. And a man says, you know, well, I've been here a long time. I've no one to put me in the water. I'm waiting for an angel to stir the water. And Jesus, who's the resurrection and the life, is there. And he sees the man. Has compassion. All the other people around, not one of them was healed. Jesus went specific. There's a point where God is specific. And I'll tell you where that point is, always. Every time he dealt with people, he dealt with them as individuals. Amazingly. And when you look in the scriptures, you find everything's individual. Abraham was an individual. 
called out. Make them different. And a true person of God is called out and very different. Very different. I love it. If I'm called out specifically for some reason, glory to God. I'll tell you the danger is when people think and think very badly that they can just make their own choices in life. I want to ask you all today, have you faith because it's God-given? Because it came by hearing the word of God. And you're living according to that word. And you're walking in obedience to it. Because God spoke it to you. And the fruit of it is righteousness. Or have you this kind of, well I'm trusting God. Well I'm believing God. But not a clue what he's really saying. Just a lot. Someone who walks under the light of another man. You come to church, you hear promises of God and you apply them to your life, but God hasn't really spoken it to you. And so... You're living, and if you keep coming to church, it's amazing, you can live under the blessing and light of another man. You can. I remember years ago, I was talking with Archbishop Benson Ederhoser, and we were discussing the fact that it's amazing how people can live under another man's light. And he had a... a the Bible college then I think was at about 1,200 students. And he said to me, when we were discussing, he said, what I look for is the one or two individuals among them that have heard God. The rest, he said, can go. But I look for the one or the two who have actually heard from God and have the real word of God in their life. The others, well, let them go. I want to get hold of the person who's heard. How do you make them hear? You can't. If God doesn't do it, it doesn't get done. How shall they hear without a preacher? How should he preach unless he's sent? And the mystery of it all is God is in control and knows what he's doing. And, and, and the mystery of it all is, is why, doesn't he, why doesn't he just equip everyone? I mean, if he really wants to just wipe it, why doesn't he just do it with everyone? Do you want to know the answer? The answer is, I don't know. I've never figured, why did he call Abraham <laughs> just and say, I'll make of you 
a mighty nation. Why did he call Moses? Why did he call Elisha instead of the 50 school in the school of prophets? Hey, if it started with 50 of them, wouldn't it have been better than start with one? I mean, what, why does God do things so difficult? I mean, why don't he make it easy? Why, why is God always scheming things and he seems to figure out how to make it hard to succeed? What, what is God about? Why did he choose just 12? The multitude were around. Why didn't he equip the multitude? Why did he only take three of the twelve up the Mount of Transfiguration and leave the rest down below? If he he really wanted to sweep the earth with life, why did he limit himself? When 3,000 souls came in of devout and holy men out of every nation on the day of Pentecost and got filled with the Holy Ghost, or about a million and a half people possibly in Jerusalem at that time, but why did he just choose 3,000 of them? And then why was it he limited it to apostolic? Why didn't he just make them all? And the 120 were in the upper room. Why 12? Why is God always doing it in a difficult manner? What is it about this God of ours that's so peculiar? Why is it God heals one and not another? Why don't we have a 100% success rate? What is it that makes one person hear and come to life and the person sitting next to them live in death? What is it that makes a heart come alive? And the same word whistles over the head of the person next to them and they they say, what's it all about? Why is God so complicated? I mean, you know, couldn't he have made it easy? I mean, wouldn't it be easy to minister if you knew that every single person was going to take what God spoke and it was going to apply to all of them? Why? Because God is God. And his ways are past finding out. And you sometimes think, God, what, you know, what is it about it that makes you choose one and set down? He'll raise up one and put down another. Well, God's, God's in control. But if you don't find you get what you want, it can be very distressing, can't it? I mean, doesn't God recognize your talents? Doesn't he realize how valuable you are? Maybe he does. And that's why he passed you over. 
Maybe he's smarter than you think, this God of heaven. What was it about Elisha that made him better than all the school of prophets? He was there with his father's oxen, plowing in the field, and suddenly the mantle's cast upon him. You know, Elijah just hears God say, cast your mantle. Why, why Elisha? I, I rather like Elijah because he sacrificed his father's bullocks. I think that was smart, you know, to the Lord, you know. <laughs> and then he followed Elijah. There's something about, what, what is God in it, you know, in this for? God's God. What is it about Gideon hiding away? God calls him the least. All the well-qualified people he missed. Why is it that Jesus was born of Mary? And, you know, he missed out all the Sanhedrin. Why did he call Paul? Why did he choose fishermen, a tax gatherer, a physician? God's God. And, you know... The big secret is he speaks his word. And his word makes it clear. You can be the smartest man on earth, but if God doesn't call you, it isn't going to happen. He'll pass you by. You imagine the school of prophets, 50 of them all sitting there. They'd given their lives to prophecy. And God misses them out. God's God. And there's this 50 people all really believing they're going to take over. And all 50 of them were wrong. And here's someone minding his own business. And a prophet passes by. What about, do you remember the story of the woman who saw the prophet passing by and she said, hey, you know, this man's a prophet of God. I'll make a chamber for him. What do you want? I want a son. God gives her a son and then the son dies. She calls the prophet and said, why did you betray me? Twelve years old. Hey, come on, you said a son, I'm keeping a son. Once the word of God's spoken, that's it. I want to tell you something. I want to live by real faith. Not by artificial faith. I want to live in the reality of hearing God. Not my imagination, not what I think God says. I meet a lot of people that say to me, Oh, God told me. And I always ask, How? That's what I want to know. How did God tell you? Tell me how he told you. And then as soon as I listen, I know whether it's God or not. Because he's kind of smart, my God. God's always got a method. He loves us. Not against us, he's for us. And yet, he's got criteria. 
gets to the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. There's a lot of people died when Jesus was alive, but Lazarus comes to the tomb, calls him out. Mary and Martha have real problems, and you remember Martha, uh, she wanted to stay at home. And Mary cried and cried, you know. Martha went to the Lord. Why? I know you've got the words of life. I know he'll rise in the resurrection. Jesus said, but I am the resurrection. I know one day it'll be okay. And Jesus said, it's okay now. I'm here. Why did he go that one? Why? Why did he delay until Lazarus was dead? Why is God God? Why, why does God do things? Because God just has a time for everything. Do you know it's God's time today? God's time to shake off false faith, false trust. Let me tell you a secret. This is a secret you might not have realized. But it's a secret that is absolutely essential. I can always go back and trust what God has spoken. No matter what. When God first called me, he said, if I gave all that I had, he'd provide. And he became my provider. Now, it's not that I trust God to provide. It's God spoke to me. He spoke in such an audible voice, I turned to see who it was who talked with me. Then I realized he spoke within. Uh, and you see, there's no time in my life when I can't return to the seed of faith. It's there. It's eternal. The things that God has spoken, no one can take away. You say, well, it was some 35 years ago, nearly 37 years. But I want to tell you something. God said it. And you see, today it's as real to me. And I want to tell you what happened when Abraham left and he went out of Ur of Chaldees, Mesopotamia, and he came out. I want to tell you what happened. He never forgot what God had spoken. And every time he went back to the beginning. You know what's the problem with a lot of people? They haven't got a beginning they can go back to. If you can't go back to a beginning, you live with fear. The security is to know your beginning. The root is the root of faith. It's the word that's eternal. Well, God spoke. And you say, ah. 
That's why I fear when people come into life and they don't know when. They don't know when. We're born again of the incorruptible word of God. But when did that incorruptible word strike your heart in such a way? Life came. You can go back to that source. No matter what you go through in life, you have a source of life. It's called the word of God. When Abraham came, you know, all the time he could always come back, God said. Might get in a mess, but God said. And the secret of life is to have heard from God. And throughout your life, you can come back, no matter what the situation no matter how dark the circumstances, I know, God said. And in those 37 years, God's spoken to me three times in audible voice. I don't hear voices in the air, but so clear, I know. said, he provide. He's my source. I never will run dry. He's a river of life. Why that word springs up into eternal life. But if you haven't that source, you have nothing. Just believe. But then the Jews believed everything according to their light but unfortunately it didn't work true faith thus saith the Lord false faith I believe but has God said I tell you, when God speaks, it, it becomes memorable because it's eternal. And if it hasn't become memorable and eternal, it won't God. And it won't work. It's nice trust, but so easy when you hear the word of God. Now, trust is important. Don't, don't get me wrong. I trust that word won't ever go, go wrong. I, I trust the God who spoke it. <laughs> that, that won't ever go wrong. But you've got to understand, my trust is built in what he said. My trust is built in the call. My trust is never built on just, well, I read in the Bible and heard someone preach and I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm... What's God saying to me? got to be real hmm? difference between presumptuous faith and the faith of God you want to bring your children up right you better find out what God's saying you want to have a happy home better find out what God's saying you want to live right you better find out what God's saying to you can learn all the principles but if God don't speak it it's not going to work for you 
It's not life. It's rules. Legalism won't bring you into life. You'll be part of Hagar. Mount Sinai that genders to bondage. There's nothing worse than trying to do all the right things because you know they're right and you've got no power. Terrible. And what makes one man have power and another not? It, it's so aggravating, isn't it? Someone can do something. You'd love to do it and you can't. Doesn't that aggravate you? It's called envy. Jealousy. People are envious and jealous, you know. They've got envious. If they knew what you had to go through to get it, would they be that envious? It's always good to look at another person's life and think they've got everything easy. But I tell you, if you really knew their life, you wouldn't be that envious. You'd stick with your own. Everyone looks over the wall. You know, grass is always greener on the other side, isn't it? Look over and think, hmm. It's amazing, people change jobs because they think they're going to get a better job, better prospects. Everyone promise you great things. Believe God. The Word of God. Faith cometh by and we have this treasure in that the excellency of the power are not of us. That means when God speaks a word, he does it. Amen. False faith is trusting when you've no basis for it. And there's no basis for trusting if you don't hear God. God hadn't said it, you're on your own. Okay? Tough, isn't it? Hmm? I love to kind of challenge people's minds. You know, there's nothing nicer than getting in. Because you see, it's in the mind. The stronghold of Satan's between your ears. You want to hear from God. Then you'll have something to trust. You need his word. Got to be living. Living word. Amen? Um, someone was telling me they came and heard that television program and listen to the testimony of Vince and Shauna and about having a baby and faith came to his heart I can't see you. Peter here there he is Peter stand up Peter and he was sitting in the meeting listening and he heard a testimony of someone else faith came to his heart and somehow God spoke inside him and he said hey and he believed God and what's happened the same miracle that happened to her happened for him and his wife why because God's God but you can't make it happen it's when God chooses it to happen now there's a lot of other people that could have been sitting there saying well why wouldn't it work for me well it didn't work for you see because God didn't speak but he spoke to him that's God what a God I want to ask each one of you how many of you know God spoke to you in your life you know God spoke on a real word I'll tell you, no matter where you are, go back to that word. Go back to the root.
of your life. Because that's where life flows from. The word. Faith is in the word of God. Not in some trust. Not in some belief or, or fatalism. But in what God has actually spoken to you. You live by the word of God. But it's that which is living. And you can go back to that source. And that source is an eternal source. We're born again of the incorruptible word of God. Nothing can corrupt it. Now your life might get corrupted. But I'll tell you what. That source can never be corrupted. You can go right back to it. And you know it's there. And that's the source from which you live. You can drink of that fountain and it'll always be pure and always clean. And it'll always bring you back to true faith. That's the wonder of it. Go right back, say, hey, it's true for me. Amen? Have you got it? Don't ever let anyone take that away from you. Don't say, well, it was years ago. No, it's eternal. And <laughs> the word is eternal. God's promises cannot fail. What he spoke, he will perform. That is the promise of God. And he always does. And what he hasn't said and you haven't heard isn't worth having. Say, well, someone taught me. Well, that don't work. What's the use of it? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Got evidence. Why? It's built on the word. Not in a mythology, not on trust that's blind, but on the word of God. Stand sure. Amen. Father, I just pray for each one here. Lord, I thank you that you're faithful to speak. And Lord, let our faith be in your word that you've spoken in truth. Lord, let our faith be on a firm foundation. Lord, I pray for each one that you'll quicken what's said to the heart. Let none live in false things, but let them be true. And Lord, I lift each one to you who's asked for prayer. Lord, I just pray in your grace and your love, you'll heal them. Rebuke every disease, snap every fetter, and let your life flow, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.